Hey folks, welcome to March. This is the uh, second week in March, second first full week in March, and that means March Madness. And that is a much hollywood way to introduce college basketball to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at Bavada. And this all becomes about a tournament. Now, the tournament doesn't start until next week. So next week's episode will be Bracketology 101. This is the week of the college conference tournaments. And each one of them takes on a life of their own. It's a week in one location where all the schools are together. And I think it's a really, really fun time. Regardless of the standing of your team, you want to see your school go. But that's not what fandom in college basketball is anymore. It's not about rooting for a school. It's about the numbers. And I would imagine... You count the conference tournaments with the NCAA tournament, and this is one of the top times for any sports book, let alone Bavada. Yeah, absolutely, Seth. It is, uh, you know, e- even, uh, you know, the regular season outrights uh, have been sorted now. The regular season is over as of literally just this weekend, uh, some great basketball down to the wire. Uh, but I, I've just continued to be really just, you know, thrilled at the betting handle we're getting on some of these smaller conferences taking place smaller conference tourneys and uh hey listen uh we we know who's at the top of the board we know there's gonzaga arizona kentucky right there and in the mix auburn duke just behind them but we have teams fighting for their march madness lives this week already it is awesome one loss and you're done listen if you're in a lot of these mid-major uh conferences like the big west like the sun belt and like uh the ca you know i could i could probably burn 20 minutes just listing all the various teams and conferences in college basketball sure. but these are teams that matter and care and uh listen we, we we see the runs that they've gone on in recent years you know bcu made a name for itself in that run uh you know loyola makes uh, a name for itself every year these aren't big teams and big conferences but they are still capable of doing and they big get things. automatic bids and they get the auto bids that uh, their conferences absolutely need. I mean, you know, I listed off uh, Kentucky. I listed off Arizona. It doesn't matter what they do in their conference tourney. Those teams are in. And if you're looking at Arizona, they're going to be a one seed no matter what. They are not going to be one of those uh, one seeds uh, representing a region. What's a bigger uh, bet? Is it one school to win or is it individual games or does it wait until the semifinals and finals of a specific conference rather than, you know, before we get into the ACC and the SEC and the big East and the big 10 and all, you know, all these conferences, what about the idea? What's the biggest draw from an odds making when I say odds making, what are people looking for? So I I think for the most part, uh, we're still at a point where people are looking at futures. They're still looking at, I'll I'll be honest. And I, I think I've alluded to this in previous episodes with you, Seth, it's it's difficult for college basketball to stand out and uh, listen. We get betting every every day in November, in December, but now people are really giving it that. A lot of people, like myself, are really giving it that first big look. We're really, you know, we're maybe dusting off the get the Ken Palm rankings. We're now, uh, you know, looking forward to all these games on ESPN, CBS, Fox, wherever. I, I think it's the futures. I think the futures markets really starts to pick up this week. Who's going to win March Madness outright? Who's going to win these conference tourney outright? On the day of the game itself, you know, when we get to this weekend, when the larger uh, conferences are getting into their semis and championships, yeah, that'll be big betting those days. But right now where you and I are talking, uh, it's the futures odds. It's those big payoffs. It's seeing if you're finding somebody undervalued. 
maybe a team like, uh, you know, Connecticut at 70 to one right now, because they have an 18 seed, but they're not very good on paper. They're very attractive to players. Uh, so I, I think it's trying to hunt for those bargains because those game day lines, they're going to be ready for you. But those futures value, they move really, really quick. They collapse really, really quick. So, and uh, just looking at a lot of our updated liabilities. Yeah, that, that seems to be where a good deal of the action is at right now. Okay, I pay particular attention to the Big East and to the ACC because of work that I've done with Syracuse. Well, I'm a Syracuse alum, uh, so I'm always with the Orange, but I, I did some work with Seton Hall, so I've been paying attention to the Big East. How, when you're talking about futures, are you talking about chalk? I mean, is it the top two seeds get all the action? How often does somebody play a, place a futures bet on a three or a four seed in a conference tournament? So, I, and there's a good disparity here that uh, I, I think if you're talking about the ACC and the Big East, uh, two larger tournaments where more of the teams are ha, certainly have a lot of more household familiarity. All yeah, right, it, so it, let's, it, let's, let's use the Big East as the example. Providence sure. is the one seed, Villanova's the two, UConn's the three. Who's betting on UConn? Who's betting on Crate? Nope. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're getting a little bit of UConn. We're getting a little bit of Providence. We're getting a little bit of Villanova. We're getting a little bit of Xavier right now. It, it's actually, wow. uh, it's actually a little bit spread out now. It's still early days. I think the tournament doesn't uh, kick off till Wednesday or Thursday. I guess I should say tip no, off, no, not kick no, off. No, but... no, 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 no. Oh, we don't do dates, right? Well, because it's coming out Wednesday. So yeah. Just do that over. Sure. Yeah, so looking at the Big East uh, conference tourney and the odds and what we're seeing in terms of betting trends so far, it's it's really pretty spread out, Seth. Uh, Villanova's getting uh, a good deal of it. Actually, Villanova and Providence are getting the most amount of bets so far. But Connecticut's right there. Marquette is right there. Uh, Xavier's right there. Uh, you know, l- listen, we there is chalk. Villanova is the favorite. They are plus 150 right now at Bavada. But it is one of the more wide open tournaments. I think what you do see is the smaller conference tournaments where you maybe only have one or two kind of teams that have household names to them. And, you know, let's look at the Colonial, for example. Uh, we know Towson's okay, but I don't know anything about NC Wilmington. I don't really know much about Delaware. Uh, I, I think the larger the tournament, the more likely it is that players are willing to, or, or betting players are willing to step out, as it were, and, you know, take a chance on, uh, you know what, I don't really know anything about Connecticut, but Connecticut's been pretty good at basketball before. Oh, uh, you know what, Xavier's always in the mix. Yeah, Marquette, I'm familiar with them. I know their coach. It sounds rudimentary. It sounds overly simplistic, but it, it does bear out in, uh, you know, the kind of betting that we see and how it's distributed across all these different games. Well, because that's that's always been my question. You know, when it comes to placing a bet, what my issue with college basketball is I bet with my heart and I hate that. <laughs> OK, because generally the people who are placing the bets and I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage in any way. It's people who have not watched every game in a specific con- conference. OK, right. I defy you. You know, if you are if you are a, a basketball fan, let's OK, let's go to the ACC as an example. The top seed is Duke, Notre Dame, North Carolina is the three, Miami's the four. You going to go further than that? How many times, if you're about planning on betting on the ACC, why would you bet for the Virginia Cavaliers? Unless you live there and see their games or Wake Forest or Virginia Tech or Florida State, go there. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's my argument. And that's my question. What I don't understand. And 
I think it becomes that even much more of a crapshoot. And what I try to understand every year, and this is the second full year we've been doing this show. So this is our second NCAA March Madness is when people have a hunch on a three seed in the Midwest bracket, I never understand that because <laughs> how many games of theirs did you watch? <laughs> I don't understand. When, when you asked me to watch the, the football playoffs, when I talk about a football playoff, I've seen 10 of the 16 Buffalo Bills games this year. Mm-hmm. I know that. I have mm-hmm. seen two Notre Dame games, and they beat my lowly Syracuse Orange both times. <laughs> That doesn't do anything for me. Seth, uh, first of all, you're not wrong about any uh, of that. I mean, uh, the majority of players are kind of betting on what they think they think they know. And I always love to say that, think they think they know, because they don't really quite know. No one, or I should say no one, but the majority of players don't have the time or the ability to grind that out. Uh, There are rating systems. Again, uh, I'll reference Ken Palm quick that sure. in the set the Sagarin sure. ratings yeah. and they help to at least uh normalize what smarter people think about this stuff and put it into a public sphere and allow you to say hey listen i think maybe gonzaga's actually underrated based yeah, on but their that's not how rate. people bet minor league baseball there are people no. who there are people that are experts if i if if someone's going to ask me a question about a minor league player i don't yep. know who that player is but i know who to ask is that the same <laughs> thing for something i'm putting money i that's what's wild about college basketball Yes and no, because, uh, you know, minor league baseball doesn't have that same level of attention, even if people are only paying attention to it in a very tight window. And we really want to make that clear. People, aside from, you know, maybe some preseason tourneys and stuff like that, hyped up exhibitions, we're not really paying attention to college hoops in November or December. You know, we're starting to take a look at it in January, but you're right for the for the most for the majority of people. This is their first, oh yeah, college basketball, March, let's go. Duke's good, Kentucky's good, Gonzaga's good, Arizona's good. That said, we are, while it's still the majority, we are seeing more and more players just really just do their betting based off of efficiency ratings, based off advanced analytics. We are seeing at Bavada, and it's not a trend unique just to college basketball, but we are seeing a more discerning better in 2022, which is good for the player. It's uh, good for the book in the sense that it makes us better at what we do. Uh, but still, no one's betting on Syracuse. Seth, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no nor 50 should to you. one by the 50 to one, by the way, to win the ACC. If anyone's so inclined. Is there a, is there a, a prop bet on when Jim Beheim retires? Uh, no, no, not at this time. Do you have the inside scoop? No, but I will say that I'd like to know the answer. So, if oh, anybody... okay. Well, listen, I'm leaning on my Syracuse alum expert here to help uh-huh. me uh, handicap this prop. Well, he, he went on a radio show and he said there's a plan. I'd like to know the plan before I just say, oh, sure, there's a plan. Oh, they're, they're working on it. Great. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember a former president used to say, we've got a plan. It's, it's the best plan. Uh, we can't <laughs> tell you what best, the plan is. It's the best plan. Many people are talking about this plan. They're saying it's uh, it's, once, it's a once in a lifetime plan. <laughs> nice. All I right. I, I want to do a disservice. Uh, I don't want to ignore the other conferences. Of course, the Big Ten Conference, uh, the Fighting Illini of Illinois and Wisconsin in a virtual tie for the top spot. I know Illinois is going to get the one seed. Uh, Purdue, Rutgers. Rutgers is 12 and 8. Um, again, for some reason, New Jersey basketball is just doing great. Seton Hall is very good. <laughs> Rutgers is very good. This is strange. Um, but nonetheless, 
you're talking about another conference, a mega conference here. And I'm leaning toward favorites. I wouldn't understand why not. I'm not trying to beat that horse down. I'm <laughs> who do you like in the Big Ten? It's, it's pretty wide open. So right out of the gate, it's compelling. Um, you know, Purdue is our plus 220 favorite right, not, right now. Uh, I said right now because I was going to transition to the Illinois Illini. Illini. They are plus 350. Uh, Iowa's right there, plus 375. The analytics crowd really, really loves Iowa basketball. Uh, Wisconsin currently, I think, 10th ranked, but they are 7-1 to in the tournament right there. Rutgers 9-1. to uh, Michigan, who uh, got a big win over the weekend over Ohio State, and a lot of people think, you know, maybe have punched their ticket, but listen, a little run in that tournament would help them out a little bit. Another thing that big conference tourneys get to enjoy is they can improve their record to get to March Madness. In those smaller tourneys, no, it's, it's win or you're out. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I, I do love the quality of basketball in these tournaments. I do love the one-and-done uh, setup of them. But uh, yeah, you know, Big Ten should be wide open. SEC should be wide open. Um, Big 12, really. Big 12, uh, fascinatingly wide open this year with a lot of teams that, yeah, Baylor made its run last year, but, you know, Kansas, obviously in the mix, Texas Tech, really good. Texas, all right. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's shaping up to be a really good week of hoops and, uh, you know, just a beautiful appetizer for March Madness itself. I've asked you this in the past. Uh, are you a person that breaks down the numbers when you fill out brackets? And do you have more than one bracket? Like, do you fill out the bracket one way for one pool that you're in or, you know, gambling site or whatever you're doing? Um, you know, how, how does that work for you? So I have two answers to that. Um, one is that my wife makes me do a bracket against her every single year. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. What um, is the prize for winning? And can you say it on a podcast? Uh, yeah, it's, it's family friendly. It's usually just yours being attached to it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, listen, I, I it wouldn't be a favor for me if I asked her to make dinner. Let me tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she knows she would, she would affirm, uh, when she listens later, she'll, she'll frown, but she'll agree. Um, your wife listens to this podcast. She does. She's, I, she's, I think she's the one on VPN just slamming the five star from, you know, <laughs> Russia, Antigua, London, everywhere. She's our, she's our biggest fan, Seth. Oh, uh, wow. uh, but what, what I will do is uh, I, I won't go in big pools because the odds of doing anything in big pools are just absolutely nuts. You have to um, get the, the, whole, the final four right. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to, you know, the kind of game theory you need to apply is far too difficult. And I'm just not interested in doing the time. However, if I do have, if someone will invite me to a pool with like 20 people or less and do a bracket with them. Yeah, I'll do that every single time because I think I can figure out uh, what's the most optimal strategy in that scenario. And then if I can buy multiple entrances into that small bracket pool, I, I will buy a bunch because i will work out all the angles but yeah I, I i don't try and win the big ones or enter the big ones so it's mostly just me versus the wife and me versus a small handful of people uh, usually some friends back home i don't know why they keep inviting me but uh i do appreciate that and then my, my last question about the, the the college basketball is the smaller conferences the conference usa the uh the the, the ivy the you know anything that has an automatic bid What's the activity and how much attention do you guys have to pay to it to make sure that it's covered properly and that the right 
odds are, are like, obviously there's somebody doing it for everybody, but you know, again, conference USA, see it conference USA East, middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, uh, conference USA West UAB blazers. That's Alabama, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. North Texas mean green is the top seed. I mean, what are we talking about here? We are talking about, uh, you know, not, not as wide open as some of the other ones, but uh, it, yeah, it, it does present uh, a lot of challenges to odds makers uh, here at Bavada because, oh yeah, I mean, we were, to the extent that we were watching any college basketball the last couple of months, uh, we weren't watching a lot of Conference USA. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I could not name one player on any of those teams myself, which is why I'm glad that I personally did not line those games. But, you know, uh, taking a, qu- a quick look at advanced ratings elsewhere, yeah, you're, you're not really talking about a lot of teams here that are expecting to, you know, be too meaningful come March Madness if they make it. You know, there's not a team that's currently uh, ranked in the traditional ranking systems, uh, you know, no top 25 uh, teams to be found in the Conference USA. Uh, looking at, you know, Ken Palm, Sagrun, elsewhere, you know, UAB in North Texas, maybe top 50 teams in the country so you will assuming it's one of those two teams you will get a team that deserves to be in march madness but this is where the bid thieves can come in really just mess up some of those other bubble teams uh, you know if a western kentucky can run hot if a louisiana tech can run hot but what you do see is because there's less uh, household names there uh you see not not only just a, you know, a more even distribution of betting, but also just a, a lot lower betting. I, I think players aren't sure as well. What you do see is an uptake in sharp handle on these smaller conference tourneys as well, compared to the ACC and the SEC, where we know Duke's going to get their bets, Kentucky's going to get their bets, and that's just how it goes. Uh, there's not a lot of people that are playing uh, with us that are you know just absolutely UAB or North Texas lifers that uh, know everything about them or just betting them blindly. So generally what we're seeing is people participating in these smaller conference journeys. They they have an opinion that's strong. Uh, It's backed by, you know, a variety of different factors, but uh, yeah, we're generally seeing less recreational participation in these tournaments. It exists and it'll be bigger on game day itself. And that's probably where you're seeing more game line betting than futures betting for those conferences. What's your thought, you know, as we kind of transfer, you know, off of college basketball, uh, what's your thought on this comparatively to politics and the Super Bowl? What 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 are we talking about in terms of, I guess, ranking? But show me by percentage. You don't have to give me a number of how many bets, you know, that kind of thing. What I'm thinking is if if, you know, the, the Super Bowl is the top. You know, what is the NC, what is March Madness compared to the Super Bowl? Is it 60% of it? Uh, and then where does politics go into? So I'm asking you to kind of rank them, but not just one, sure. two, three. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's actually, a, uh, this might surprise you, but um, so the 2020 election was actually the largest wagering event in Bavada history when everything was said and done. Um, if you add up all the, uh, you know, various state by state, you know, gubernatorial races. You didn't have races. a prop bet about January 6th, right? No, 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 gosh, no. I can't make that joke. Okay. No, no, I, uh, listen, I, I think all jokes, as long as they're funny, are good. Uh, but uh, just because I really want to make it clear, because I think that committee is still meeting, right? So just yeah. really want to make it clear that I had no advanced knowledge or anybody yeah. at Pavada about anything that was to take place at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, I was definitely traveling that day. I wasn't even in the country, so. Uh, yeah, but, um, politics uh, by itself, uh, on, a, on a day-to-day, yeah, it, it's, it's 
it's small potatoes, but when it is the election and also compounded because of everything happening in COVID, right? We had so much betting in politics that year that uh, that happened really in the absence of traditional North American sports, like the Democratic primaries when there was that massive field uh, in the spring and then it eventually, uh, well, we know what happened. Biden won the primary, uh, won the election, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so uh, politics was the king for one moment, but Super Bowl each year is going to be the king. And I don't expect 2024 or 2028, uh, if we're all still <laughs> alive and around by then, uh, I, I don't expect them to have the kind of attention that the 2020 election did just because, uh, listen, for better or for worse, Donald Trump brought the betting to Bovada. He made politics interesting for people to consume in a way that was, you know, you know, you could argue it was really negative for, you know, I, I'm not going to, it's more than negative. It was, you know, incredibly negative for the country, but it was something that, uh, you know, people were more interested in politics. And I think that's one thing that if I can dare to say, uh, you know, something positive about that presidency is that more people paid attention, I think, to the issues after he was elected in 2016 than maybe they did before, because all of a sudden, uh, you know, they felt more concerned that the now they felt more affected by all this kind of stuff. Where does March Madness rank in all this? Um, it, it's, a, it's a clear number three. Uh, it, it's a strong number three, but it's about 45, 50% of the handle uh, overall for the entire tournament that the Super Bowl will get. It's a great tournament. It's awesome. It's, you know, it, there will be so much live betting and prop betting and regional futures betting and other kind of nonsense attached to it. It, you know, it feels like it's overwhelming and then it's also over far too quickly, in my opinion, as well. So it, it is three, um, you know, Super Bowl in a normal year is number one. Uh, 2024 politics should be good, but I know we have him as the favorite to be the Republican nominee in 2024. I don't think he's going to run. I think he's having too much fun campaigning, being kingmaker, everything else. That is my that is my hunch as it currently stands today. Okay, well, we'll keep, we'll keep that in our records. Uh, it's going to be a crazy month. The show's going to sound different. It's going to be uh, a lot of uh, brackets, and it's a lot of stuff that uh, casual bettors are going to bring to the podcast, and we have a couple of cool announcements to come as well. Uh, that's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. Patrick, enjoy all the conference college basketball, and the big dance is coming up. We Our next show will be after Selection Sunday. Can't wait. In the meantime, Calvin Ridley, uh, please send your picks. It was found out that Calvin Ridley did the Bovada Sportsbook, and that's how he got suspended. That would be tremendous. Yeah, I was, you know, I was just thinking about like I should have added in a joke like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to check our Atlanta Falcons uh, positions from last year. But yeah, he just tweeted out he only bet fifteen hundred. <laughs>